We're reading from Colossians chapter 1, which is on page 1182, and we're reading uh, verse 15 to 23. So page 1182. Starting at verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel... This is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Great. Thank you, Hannah. Morning, everyone. Um, thank you. Um, Great. Um, welcome welcome to Christchurch, if it's your uh, first time or if you've been here many times. Um, I have a question to ask you, it's mid-February, how are your New Year resolutions going? <laughs> now, you might be going all guns blazing still, but I suspect that, you know, a month and a half into the year, things could be getting tricky. Easy to start well with New Year's resolutions, but harder to continue. I think they're a bit like jigsaws in that. You know what it's like with jigsaws? Um, you go through getting the pieces that have a, a straight edge, um, that's the easy part. You make the outside with the edges, but then you're still left with 900 and something pieces that you need to fit into the middle. Um, easy to start, but harder to continue. But it is worth pressing on, because you don't want to end up with just the outside of a jigsaw. It's worth pressing on and filling in and finishing. Well, here's the goal for us this morning. Uh, verse 23, continue in your faith. Last week, we saw that Christianity is about supernatural blessings for ordinary Christians. Paul is writing to Christians like that in Colossae. It's a town in modern-day Turkey. And so far, he's encouraged them, you've started well. You've heard the message about Jesus and put your faith in him. They've become Christians. And if that's true for you this morning, then look at verse 13 just before our passage to see the difference that's already made. God has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, you were on the wrong track. But in His grace, God stepped in and put you onto the right track, the kingdom of His Son, and now that you're on the right track, here's the goal. Continue. Continue in your faith. 
This past week, Christian students, um, including students here in Cambridge, have run a week of events to commend the Christian faith to their friends. And in a week like that, there's loads going on, inviting people, hoping, praying, they'll put their faith in Jesus. And by God's grace, people do. It's really exciting. But I remember hearing about a similar week where someone spent the week weighing up the the claims of Christianity, and by the end of it, they decided, yeah, I think this is true. I want to trust in Jesus. And the following Sunday, they uh, approached a church leader and said to them, I became a Christian this week. And the church leader said to them, that's great. Come back to me in in 10 years and tell me that you're still going. Now, we might not choose to put things exactly like they did, but you get what they're saying. Starting with faith in Jesus is great, but continuing is what counts. And continuing can be hard. The busyness of trying to fit everything in feeling like something has to get squeezed out, or fearing what could happen if I speak up as a Christian in the staff room with my friends at school. It could be really costly. Or finding it hard to continue the Christian life because life is hard. Work is a stretch. Things are tough at home. Maybe we're getting older and things are just more painful than they used to be. Or just feeling maybe the action is elsewhere. Maybe real life is found somewhere else. Maybe I should move away. Or it could be the day-by-day fight with sin, a particular sin that's so draining, so discouraging. It's hard to continue with faith in Jesus. But through Paul, God doesn't just tell us continue in your faith. He shows us the object of our faith. Because you and I, we don't need pep talks telling us to increase our faith. We need God to show us the one we have faith in, Jesus, in all his glory. We continue with faith in Jesus by grasping more and more who Jesus is having our vision filled with him in all his supremacy. That's what we need. And that's what we pray God will help us with now, to see from this passage that Jesus is supreme. He's worth continuing with. That's what Paul's driving at, that Jesus is supreme. And he says Jesus is supreme in two ways. First, Jesus is supreme in creation. Let me read again from verse 15. Follow along if if you've got Colossians 1 there. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things, and in him all things hold together. I wonder, what do you find mind-blowingly big? Mount Everest, five and a half uh, meters? Five and a half miles tall. That's the distance from here to Tesco in Bar Hill, but up in the air. It's really big, but you can get your head around it. Niagara Falls, 
Over 3,000 tons of water goes over the falls every second. It's massive. But you still know what it means. Planet Earth, 25,000 miles round. That's starting to stretch your mind a bit. But that's nothing compared to the sun. So big that if you hollowed it out, you could fit over one million planet Earths inside. That's big. I don't think I can get my head around that. Not to mention galaxies that are so huge, you could travel at the speed of light for thousands of years and still not make it across them. Mind-blowingly big. And I mention those big things because as big as they are, Jesus the Son is infinitely bigger. That's what I've realized as I've reflected on this passage this week. There are things about Jesus that I just cannot get my head around. And my view of him needs to be much bigger than it normally is. Take that phrase, the sun is the image of God. Maybe you've picked up lots of echoes from Genesis and the creation story, if you're familiar with it. Genesis tells us that God made us in his image. And that's an astounding thing, to be made in the image of God, to be a little bit like him. But with Jesus, it's so much more. Jesus isn't made in God's image. Jesus is God's image. Not just a little bit like God, but exactly like him. See, the Bible tells us that God is three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, there's often a resemblance between fathers and sons, isn't there? Same nose, same chin. They laugh the same way. But with Jesus the Son, he doesn't just resemble God the Father in some ways. He is exactly like him in every way. If you want to know what God is like, then don't go after some philosophy, some vision. Look at Jesus the Son. He's the perfect image of God. And Paul says he's the firstborn over all creation. Now, don't get the wrong idea about that. That's not saying that the Son was the first thing to be created, like the firstborn in a series of children. It's king language from the Old Testament. The Son is in a unique position as ruler over all things. And as firstborn, he's going to inherit all of creation. It belongs to him. And if we wonder why, look at verse 16 how it begins, and how it ends. Everything belongs to the Son because all things were created in Him and through Him and for Him. See, imagine dividing all of reality into two boxes up on the screens, creator and created. What goes in the created box? Well, pretty much everything, us and nature, and world leaders, and powerful companies, and movements, and galaxies, and angels, and demons, and all things apart from God the Creator who created them. Well, what about the Son, Jesus? There are those who say Jesus is very special, the greatest of all the things God created. But at the end of the day, he's in the same created box as us 
and those other things. But that's not what Paul says, is it? How can the Son be a created thing if all things were created in him? How can Jesus himself be one of the things that was made in him and through him and for him? No, the Son isn't part of creation. God the Father made all things in him. The Son's in the creator box. He's the agent of creation. And then add in verse 17. In him, all things hold together. See, what is it that keeps the earth spinning and markets trading and our hearts beating moment by moment? Well, behind it all is the sun. In the beginning, all things were created in him. And the only reason they continue is because he holds them together moment by moment. See, whatever we might fear or revere in the created box, Jesus is supreme over it. The most powerful person we can imagine the scariest supernatural power, every atom in the universe and every person alive exists because of him, for him, and without him, it would disintegrate into nothing. He is the supreme Lord of all things. Do we see that Jesus is so much bigger than we often think? couple of things come out of that. First, here's a caution. Following Jesus isn't just a personal thing. I mean, the attitude lots of people have, um, it's great that Jesus works for you. I, I'm really glad that you find him helpful, but he's not for me, the whole Christian thing. It's not for me. Some Christians have it too. My life's so good with Jesus in it. He really works for me. That's not true for everyone. I get that. Whatever makes people happy. Well, do we see that Paul doesn't present Jesus as a lifestyle accessory? My personal Jesus, who I can choose if he works for me. No, Jesus is much bigger than that. He's the Lord of all. And that's true whether we think it's true or not. And the question isn't, does he work for me? Because I was made for him. And it's essential that we have our lives in line with that. Second, here's an encouragement. Jesus is Lord wherever you are. Currently, we're in church, and we know Jesus is Lord here. Uh, we sing about that sometimes. But Paul is telling us, think bigger. Jesus is Lord everywhere, over all of creation. When you go home, or into the staff room, or the classroom, or to, or to the pub with your mates who make fun of Christianity, Jesus is Lord there. It might not seem like it. It might seem like Jesus has been evicted, but he's the Lord. Nothing can dethrone him. That's the reality even if it's ignored. So take heart. Wherever you are, you're on Jesus' turf. 
all of creation is his territory. And if you're trying to live with him as Lord in all of life, you are living in line with the way things are. So if we want to continue with faith in Jesus, that's the first thing to grasp. He's supreme in creation. Here's the second thing. Jesus is supreme in recreation. See, the Bible says that creation has gone wrong. It's a bit like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a big fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Well, like Humpty Dumpty, creation has fallen apart into sin and death. And none of us can put it back together again. In fact, we're part of the problem. It's our sin that makes things go wrong. But through Jesus, God is putting everything back together again. Look again at verse 18. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy in creation and recreation. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. See, Jesus is the head of a new humanity, which is just another way of saying he's the head of the church. The church isn't a building or a man-made organization. The church is people like us, connected up to Jesus, like a body is connected up to its head. It's quite an image. Think about that. The head guides the body. The body depends on the head for life. Well, that's Jesus and his church. Our head guides us, and we depend on him for new life. But life doesn't come by being connected up to someone else, a pope, or a saint, or a charismatic church leader. No, it's connection with Jesus that counts. He's the head of the church. And ultimately, the life our head gives us is resurrection life. For the supreme son chose to come into his dying creation and die a horrible death to save us from death. He rose from the dead as the firstborn of everyone who trusts in him, so that now history is heading for the day when Jesus' church will stand on the other side of the grave. Broken bodies, broken work, broken families, no more. Because on that day, the whole creation that had such a great fall will be put back together again. That's what verse 20 is getting at. Through Jesus, God will restore all things free of sin, free of death, in beautiful peace, the shalom, the paradise that God's people long for. Well, that's a magnificent hope. It's big. But if it's too big, Paul makes things more personal for us. If you want to know what difference this makes to you, if you're trusting in Jesus, then look at verse 21. 
Paul says that Jesus isn't just supreme in recreation. He's supreme in your recreation. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and don't move from the hope held out in the gospel. We're going to focus on those verses more next week, so we won't dig into them now. But here's one thing I want to draw out. If you're trusting in Jesus, then the day-by-day fight with sin may be draining and discouraging. But Jesus really has made this difference to you. You were alienated from God in the past, but now he has reconciled you. You have peace with God, your friends, not because you changed your ways, but because Jesus died for you. And he's done that so that one day we'll stand before God perfect, not just not guilty, but holy and beautiful before him. Jesus is supreme in your recreation. So continue with him. Continuing can be hard, but be be encouraged. The biggest change that needs to happen has already happened. Keep trusting him. Continue as you started. And why would we move from this Jesus? He's all we need. Supreme in creation, in recreation, in your recreation. There's a couple of things on the screens for us to reflect on. These questions. Is there anything here about Jesus that you especially want to take to heart? Any particular things about him you want to to remember this week? And second thing there, how can we remember Jesus' supremacy this week? How do you want to remember it? How are you going to remind others of it this week? We've got some time to reflect on those. Let's be quiet for a bit, and then I'll lead us in a prayer. Father God, we're conscious that our um, views of your Son are so puny compared to him in all his glory and supremacy. So please help us to have a bigger and bigger view of him so that we see him as a fitting object for our faith. Please help us when we feel our faith is weak to look away from ourselves and to look to him in all his greatness and in his recreating love 
and help us to continue with him, we pray. In his name, amen.